to the marriage on, on Friday night. Danny was funny. He said, uh, said, what would happen if I got up on Sunday and said, I don't, I don't have anything? <laughs> I said, that'd be great. Be kind of, you know, humbling. But, you know, God's always saying something, isn't he? He really is. But, you know, if something's not pressing, I have something going. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying tonight, I was just thinking it's true. We just want to be, uh, whoops, good thing that's not open. But I'm um, really, I'm getting more and more in a place where I realize that Jesus is the only thing that matters. And I want, I, I want uh, everyone in this place and everyone out and beyond, and everyone we get into contact with, to know that Jesus is the only thing that matters. He's really the only thing that matters. That's not the message. That's not the title of my message. But I just ha feel like there is something in the message that I'm going to bring, um, because God wants us to learn how to break. Can I say be broken? I don't think we like that word, be broken, but I'm going to say that word tonight. God wants us to be broken so that we can pour out what's inside of us, and it's really to him first. And until we come to the realization um, on how to be broken and how to pour our lives out, because really this brokenness comes yieldedness, right? And God wants to show us what it looks like to be yielded, right? should raise your hand and say yes because I, I continually try and figure out Lord how am I not yielded how am I am I not listening to something you're saying or am I not doing something not that I'm always looking for what I'm doing wrong but I am looking for how I can be more and more open so that the Holy Spirit can come in and move through me and do what he needs to do in me that's what I was just saying about the presence of God if we don't have the presence of God burning like if you don't desire God's presence to come and burn. burn. He burns everything out that's not necessary, right? And so when we get in this place where we just really engage with heaven, engage with God, know who you are, right? You know that you're a son, and when you're a son and a daughter, you can go right to your father. And the fiery presence, the more you get in the fiery presence, the more he's going to pull the things out of you that you don't need, yeah? And so I just... I'm going to look at a portion of scripture. It's actually in all four Gospels, and it's really, really important that we understand what this is. And it's the account of where, uh, where Mary anoints Jesus' feet. Well, she pours, she breaks the alabaster uh, jar over him, anoints his head, and, and anoints his feet, and just goes before the Lord and pours her life out. And I think there's some things that the Lord wants us to see in that today so that we can... Um, in a sense, mimic, because if we look at Mary, Mary's the model of, a, of the church. Are you tracking with me? And we'll read, we'll read the, the um, account here in a second, but I just feel like Jesus is all that matters. How you go before him is the only thing that matters. Like, the more we want to perform, the more we want to move, move in the gifts, and I'm all for moving in the gifts and prophecy and you know, going and, and running the nations, uh, this is what we're called to do, right? As sons and daughters, this is what you're called to do. But the main thing has to always remain the main thing, right? 
that, that we go before the Lord, that we allow the Lord to transform us, to light us on fire, right? It was Wesley that said, "Is there some, you know, light me on fire and watch the world come, come watch me burn. And that was not just because, you know, we want to use certain things, even, even Wesleyan type prayer and fasting or different methods to get close to God, but Jesus is calling us to one place, his feet. Right? He's calling us to lay ourselves before his feet. And so if, if we don't understand, if we don't know, if we don't look at him and say, I, I want to get near you, I want to get close to you, I want to come and, and lay at your feet, I want to pour my life out on you. There's so many things that God wants to give you, and he wants to open, right? We talked about uh, the opening of the scrolls before, and, and I feel like God wants to give you understanding, and he wants to pour out things onto your life that he can't give you, and he won't reveal these things to you until we pour ourselves out to him, right? And uh, I'm not saying it's conditional, <laughs> but it's kind of conditional, <laughs> Because he can do whatever he wants at any time. How many know that? I mean, he gave me revelation with bad attitude. You know, he's done a lot of different things. And I don't have a, my heart's not always pure before him. But he's always faithful to speak to you, right? And he's always faithful when we're like, even if we're in a funk, he'll just stop you and boom. And just put you in the right track and realign you. So God's looking to realign the church, isn't he? So I'm just going to read this one account. There's four other, there's three other accounts. So I... I'm thinking that because he talks about this in every gospel, it's very important, right? It's very, very important, and he comes at it in different ways, but a few of the, few of the accounts are pretty much the same. So I'm reading out of Matthew 26, verse 6, uh, the Passion Translation. Uh, then Jesus went to Bethany to the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with fragrant and expensive oil. He walked right up to Jesus. She walked right up to Jesus, and in a lavish gesture of devotion, she poured out the costly oil and cascaded it over his head, and he was at the table. And then the disciples saw this. They were, when, they, when the disciples saw this, they were offended. What a total waste, they grumbled. We could have sold it for a great deal of money and given it to the poor. And Jesus knew their thoughts. How many, yeah, that scares me. <laughs> Jesus knows your thoughts, right? But Jesus would walk in the room and he'd know their thoughts. And God can give you, you know, God wants to pour that into your life so that, not so that you can read everyone, but so that you understand where people are at. And you know how to approach them, not so that you can go, thus saith the Lord, repent of your sin. Well, my, that might be something. But he's looking for us to move with the heart that he moved in and to address things that he addressed and to do it in the way that he did it because we want to walk with him and we want to work with him and <laughs> we want to see how he does things, right? And so that's, that's the main deal. So, so we could have sold this for a great deal of money and given it to the poor. And so he knew their thoughts and he said to them, why are you so critical of this woman? She's done a beautiful act of kindness for me. You will always have someone poor whom you can help, but you will not always have me. And when she poured out the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body for burial. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, 
the story of her lavish devotion to me will always be mentioned in memory of her. Right? So he says this. He makes this declaration that this whole thing that happened <laughs> is a very important thing in history, and it will be known. Because every time we preach the gospel, this will be known. Every time we tell the world the, world the gospel is preached, this story is going to come up. What's the story? What's the main deal about the story? It's about giving your life to Jesus, just being abandoned to him and not worrying about what anyone else says, right? Because the, the real deal is this, is that when we, get, when we become so concerned about people around us that we can't just boldly go, boldly go into God's presence, boldly move into what he says, begin to just deeply uh, be engaged with what he's, what he's saying. Paul said it like this, yes, as if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and the service of your faith. I'm glad and I rejoice in you all. He said, this, is, this was Paul's deal, right? That his, his whole life was being poured out. And so how many know that we have even, uh, because we have the Holy Spirit, you have exactly the heart and the passion that Paul the Apostle had, right? You have that which he already has. You have that which Jesus had, right? We have Jesus Christ, the hope of glory inside of us. And so when we, it comes right, we talked a few weeks ago about worship. And God wants our life of worship to be abandoned. Because why? You're a vessel. You and I are vessels, right? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the glory of God that li that's literally inside of you that we don't activate oftentimes because we're concerned with what people think around us. And so the fragrance that we, we need to learn to release, because it's about a fragrance that the body of Christ is going to be releasing, it's about a fragrance that the bride is releasing today. Not in the future, today. It's a fragrance, and it's a fragrance of brokenness. Not you're broken, oh, I need to get healed all the time, which that may be the case. And God will heal you. But it's the brokenness that brings us to this place where we are just smashed out and broken before the Lord so that we allow, you know what I said before about having a collision with God? Well, that's what we need. It'll break, it'll bust you up. Like, I want a collision with the Lord. I want my life to be smeared by his smearing, by the anointing. And the, as we anoint him, as we pour out our lives to him, as we walk, I mean, sometimes we don't want to break down. We don't want to show vulnerability. And I'm telling you, it's more and more. It's going to start with the leaders. Come on. <laughs> it's going to start. It's going to start with us one another washing one another's feet. It's going to start with one another, with going to one another and just opening yourselves up and being vulnerable and allowing the Lord to do something because I'm telling you, in humility, there's honor, right? When, when the Lord comes and he comes upon you and he's saying, I want you to go low, you go low. 
when he comes to, to you and he says, hey, I want you to go to that person and begin to just repent for maybe a bad attitude, but whatever it, whatever it can be. But repentance is going to drive the church in a, in a forward motion of complete refreshing, of complete outpouring if we learn to give ourselves completely to it. Like it's not a bad word. Like if I repent, it's good. Like there's water that comes when I repent. And the problem is you've got leaders that can't rep repent to, to people who are sitting, right? And you've got, you got leaders that can't repent to one another. And there's this thing that the Lord wants to do. Like he wants to pour out this water. He wants to pour out the awakening. He wants to pour out the fire of revival on repentance, on broken people, right? The very meaning of Bethany means what? It means house of affliction, means poor. What a, blessed are the poor in spirit. So what happens? Come on, finish it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They shall what? See. See God. I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm looking for God to encounter me. <laughs> we want God. We want, I want to encounter God. No. How about God encounters us? And when the Lord begins to encounter us, something begins to happen. And you, you and I need to come to this place where we're in this place of sometimes it's affliction. And I'm not saying we need to live out of woundedness. Don't get me wrong. But this place of brokenness, this place of pliability, this place where you bend when the wind blows, where the, the Holy Spirit's allowed to move you and change what you look like because he's there and he's manifesting himself. And what happens is the church sometimes is not responding when, we're, when God's manifesting because of what? Pride. Because this is what she did. She went in. There's another account of Simon who actually, I believe, it, it shows he was a Pharisee. And he was healed of leprosy. Now that's something. Right? And so we have the, the account. And he, and, and he goes in. And he's like, if, if you were a prophet, you would have known. And I can see Jesus going, if I was a prophet, I would have known what? And then he begins to do... His teaching on if a person was loaned this much money on a creditor, right? You know the story about the creditor that loaned someone money? Come on, who was better? He was talking about those who are forgiven much. Come on, love much. And here's the deal. I, I, I just... I feel like God is just leveling everything. It's all going to be a level playing field. Yes, there'll be apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists. There will be until he matures, right? But I'm telling you, God is trying to bring everything low. He's trying to bring everything low so that no one's like up here. I know this is only three inches. <laughs> but no one's up here, right? And I get it. I get it. So you can talk and look over people. I get it. But it's not to lord over people. And so what the problem is, right, even with the, the celebrityism that we have, we like put people up here and I won't get my healing unless I see this person. 
and I won't get my, my deliverance unless I see this person. And this won't happen unless that person lays hands on me. And this won't happen unless something up. No, there's someone next to you that can be anointed with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and power that will lay hands on you. And whatever you need, God can release to you. Or just do it this way. God's here. He's the only one that's above. He's the only one that's high and lifted up. He's the only one whose feet you need to wash. Right? Because we have this tendency to, to grovel. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, it's an epidemic. And I, don't get me wrong, I honor, I'm getting down. I honor, right, gifts and men's gifts. I honor that. But the reality is, they go to the bathroom just like you do. Hello. They put their pants on just like you do. The thing is this, they've learned to go and break the alabaster jar. They've gone before the Lord and they break it open and they live in a place of brokenness. You know, it, you hear people like John G. Lake, they know, and, and Mariah Woodworth Ether, and, and, and Catherine Kuhlman, they know the time when they died. They know the time when they lost their lives and they became changed in the presence of God because they were completely broken and dead to themselves. And this is what happens. What am I saying about brokenness? It's calling, called, we die. We're just a, a, available to lay down so that God can come and fill and pour in. But sometimes we want to resist. We want to resist. We want to resist. No, God, I want to do it my way. No, God, I need this. No, God, I need that. When God knows exactly what we need, if we just lay before him and ask him, something powerful will begin to happen. The Lord draws near to those who are brokenhearted and saves the contrite in spirit, right? That's the Psalm of David. If I'm listening to King David, I want to be like King David, right? I want to be like Jesus, but he is a type of Christ. And he knew that if he just laid his life down, if he was contrite, those who are contrite, those who, who are clean, have clean hands and pure hearts, right, they go through the door and they go up into the high places in God. And the problem is we don't want to humble ourselves to step into the door because you can't step into the door high. I said it before, the door is in the floor. And the closer we get to the Come on, with our hearts postured down low, and we listen to what God says, and then we begin to step into those places, then something begins to ha happen, right? So it's not about, you know, John. You know, Jesus forgave her, right? She came to a realization that she needed more of the Lord, and she was forgiven much, right? And so when we come in this place, how many go back? Because I, I started thinking about when I first got saved, right? This goes back to going back to your first love in a lot of ways. Because when you go back to that place where you just became brand new in Jesus, right? God came to you, and whether you were a total wreck or you just, it was a revelation. Either way, you were like, God, I need you now, like now. And I started thinking about this, that my heart posture, and so many times I'm talking about how the Lord works in me. My heart posture can be low and allowing the Lord to come in and move and touch my heart, or I can put a shell around it and protect it because I don't want to release that thing to God. 
I don't want to release this to you, God. I don't want to touch the, I don't want you touching that area of my life because I'm comfortable there. Or I'm happy with that thing that's sitting there in the way of your presence. Are you hearing me? Are you tracking with me? Because the Lord is trying to get through those things and he's looking for us to open up. Open up you gates. Open up you heavenly doors. Right? So the king of glory can come in. And so, and then she wanted to show him more love by what? Giving more of herself. That's all it is. Right? The gospel's so simple. It really is. When, when we come before the Lord, it's just really, really simple. Right? So we come through the fragrance of sacrifice, right? Mary was, was worshiping, right? And she was set free by the giving of herself. I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I know I'm the senior leader here, but I probably have a lot of, you know, carpet time <laughs> here. Like in specific places, I can tell you where God did certain things in me, just right here. Never mind my history in the past with the Lord. And what is it? It's usually from, from us, from me, or you, just giving yourself to the Lord to allow him. Come on. I, just, I know it doesn't sound good, but he wants to roll you over like a steamroller. <laughs> flatten you out. I'm telling you. He wants to just flatten us out. Like he wants to just roll over you. And the problem is we get nervous when the presence of God gets so strong. And how's the, how's the glory, how's the awakening, how's the revival going to begin to explode? It's when, when the body of Christ, let me just say this, it's when the body, when the Mary, come on, Mary is, a, is such a, a, a type of the body of Christ that she came through the door, she didn't care what was happening. She just left, she probably didn't see anyone in the room. And this is the problem, we see everyone in the room. That's why I stand up front. I try not to look back. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes you're up here and you're like, can I preach this way? I'm just teasing. I'm cheesing. But the reality is this, that we gotta, well, you can't look at everyone around you. And you can't even look what everyone else is accomplishing around you. It's a sacrifice, right? You give yourself to the Lord. Why? Because you're his and he's yours. It's so crazy, this alabaster jar thing, because it was something that was only found in the house of dignitaries. It was, only, it was something that was found in the wealthy, right? Because as they began to find it throughout history, they found it in the places where, where all of a sudden they, it was people who were higher up. And what they did was they took the alabaster jar full of the anointing oil, this, this stuff that they got from like India or something, and, and, they, and they saved it for what? Their burial. They were supposed to save it for their own burial. And she takes it and she's like, no, no. I'm, I'm smashing this thing now and I'm going to pour it over the Lord. Because he was about, come on, and there's something prophetic about that. That the anointing, that the flow was like, God, I'll give you everything because I know you're going to do everything for me. Like he, that was the whole mission, right? That he was doing everything. It was a finished work that he was about to do. But she's like, I'm giving you everything because I know, I know that you did everything for me already. And she didn't even have a reality of the cross. But she was living in a reality that was in the future. And the church needs to stand up, stand up and begin to move in the reality of what's already been given to us. It's not a future thing. It's already happened. 
And that is you, your life is hidden in Christ. That is your life has been completely and utterly overtaken. You are new, brand new, brand new, brand new, not something recycled. You're brand new because Jesus Christ has made you new. Not something that needs a kickstand, not something that needs to be a flat tire change. No, it's something brand new. And so this, it was amazing because they, she took this thing and she broke it. And these things that they made, it, it, I couldn't get a real price on it, right? So I'm looking, I'm looking this afternoon, I'm like, okay, it's a day's wages, but what does that mean? Actually, it was up to a year, right? So what does that mean? It was somewhere between $18,000 and $50,000. That's what they come up with. I'm like, that's a kind of a, I'll take the 50, you know? But the reality is, what was it? It was expensive. It cost her her whole saving, everything that, that was given to her. And there was another fact that came up about this, that, that, that it was the betrothal. This is what you gave to your husband. So what am I saying to you? You are married to him. That was the, like the hugest revelation I had in my entire life. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, like the person of the Holy Spirit. And then the next morning I get up and I go, and the Lord's like, I'm married to you. You're married to me. You're married to the message. I'm like, that was like an audible voice. It was an audible voice. It was like loud. I don't have to wonder when God speaks like that. But the reality is this, that the Holy Spirit's calling us to live out this place, that we live married to him. Like the message inside you that he's giving to you, you're married to him. Like the reality of what he's done to you and what he's going to continue to grow you into, you're married to him. He is the number one apple of your eye and your his. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate you from that. The only way we step out of that is we do it ourselves. We step away. But you still can't run. You still can't even hide from it. That's the crazy thing. Like the reality is you can't even do that. It's not even real. Even though you might think it, it's not real. And the Lord wants us to grab a reality of that. The spiritual realities are so powerful if we can take them because your life is hidden in him. You're his inheritance and he is yours. And when the Lord is pouring out something like this, like he's asking us, can you, by the mercies of God, right? Romans 12 again, that I give my life a complete sacrifice. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and perfect to him. So the sacrifice is always something precious, right? Like, I mean, we think of it as like, that's hard, but it's something that's valuable to us, right? What do we value? God's trying to get some things, right? And he wants the things that you hold dear, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? God bless you. He wants the things that we hold dear. And some of those aren't even good things. Some of those things are things that you, we won't let go of. Some of those things are things that we're, we're tug of warring with God about. And he's like, you don't need that. Give me that. 
I wish he'd just act like that sometimes. Just get out of here. Right? It'd be so much easier if he did that. He loves us so much. He wants us to just, just give it to me. 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 I'd rather take the stiff arm. Just take it. I don't know how you want to rip it out. If it hurts, fine, take it. But that's what I, I just see the Lord just coming in. in even tonight, he wants, to just pull, he wants to pull us into a whole other place of yieldedness, right? Of expecting him to come in a way that prepares us as his bride. That prepares us as Mary because we've given everything. We've, 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 it's a wash. You've given everything. And when you give everything, come on, it just comes like waves. God's goodness, God's presence, it's going to come like waves, right? And so... In the, old, in, the, in the Old Testament, it was God's people giving the first and the best, right? They gave the, the prime lamb, right? That's who he was. He was the lamb without spot or wrinkle, right? You give the perfect bird. <laughs> you give whatever is perfect to God. Oh, come on. I could preach that for the, for the offering next week. You give the perfect. You give the first fruits. You give the first thing. The thing that you hold high, in high regard, and that you would just say, wow, this stock, I could really have a good racehorse with this horse. If I just bred this horse. No, God wants it. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Well, it's the same principle with farming stuff, right? With goats and lambs. and it's the, you know If we just reproduce this one, we're going to have a better flock. But no, he wants that one. Why is that? Because he wants your best. He wants your best. What does your best look like? What's your best look like? And there's something that happened, right, to Jesus when the sacrifice happened. Because he honored her. Come on, somebody. somebody. Some of you are like, right now, I'm telling you, don't let it go over your head. When, he, when she gave herself like that and she poured out everything, every, the most expensive, the most precious, the best of the best of the best that she had, something happened when Jesus smelled the sacrifice. Something happened. He said, no, she's honoring me before I'm even done anything. Like he knew that he had already, some say this was Mary who was set free from seven, spirit, seven demons or whatever it was, but I don't really know what the end result was, but her heart was, his heart was turned toward her, Right? So he made that known that day. Today, we'll always remember her for what she's done because she's given a perfect sacrifice. She's given a she poured out her worship to me in such a fantastic way, such an outstanding way, such an incredible way that I cannot forget it. And how many of us, ready? I'm going to put you in comparison right now. 
How many of us pour out our hearts like that? I'm challenging us tonight. Because how many of us have poured out ourselves that God might say, I'll remember that. I know, I'm getting a little towards merit. But there is things that God remembers. And there is sacrifice that God remembers. And there is, come on, he's always, come on, he wants to write you down in his book. You're in the Lamb's book of life. We all go there. But there are things that I feel like when people begin to yield their lives, Lisa and I were talking about the anointing that God wants to pour out over, over the church, over the ministry. We're not there yet, right? We're on our way, but we're not there yet. Why? Because of that. Because of the oil. Because God's looking for us to pour out even greater. He's looking for more, right? He's looking for more of me. Not that I, come on, not that I put, yes, I literally put myself on the altar. I do. But it's not something that I do to afflict myself. You understand what I'm saying? But there's people that, right, I feel like have paid the price for a lot of oil in their lives. And I'm not saying we do to get. But I am saying this, that God notices and he honors. It's right there in black and white. The word that when we give to him in such a way, he begins to, to do that. So fragrance comes through what? pouring right Mary broke the box and poured it out Matthew Mark Luke on his head it said Matthew Mark on his feet it said John said right and the house was filled with the odor of the anointing the odor of, of, of his presence of who he was so but the anointing you have received of him abides lives in you right the anointing of God and God wants to pour out rivers of living water through us and there's a place where he's calling you that you pour out we pour out he pours in you pour out we pour out he pours in, you pour out. Here's what happens. We sit in church. I, I was going to put up some graphic pictures. I chose not to. But we get gluttonous in a sense, right? I'm, I'm all for equipping and training, teaching and all this. But at some point, you pour out, you receive, you pour out. You pour out. He pours in, you pour out. You pour out, he pours in, you pour out. It's not supposed to say stagnant, right? Why would he, why would he promise you rivers of living water are coming through you? The rivers of God want to pour through the church, and God's speaking, right? He's saying, just pour into me so that I'll pour into you, that you'll pour out to them. Freely you receive, freely give, right? Matthew 5. Matthew uh, 10. The Holy Spirit's looking for a people that'll just give themselves completely over and allow the pouring to come on their lives, right? An outflow of the, of your, of the anointing, right? And remember, 
that you're a vessel that contains the fragrance of Christ. Right? I read that at the beginning, right? You're like a drink offering. And Paul goes over and over it, right? That we're, we're those that are, that are filled with the Spirit. And, and Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. Really, how do we get a greater anointing? How do you receive greater anointing? There is a desirable treasure. And oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man squanders it. Right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Here's what's happening. Right? There's, a, there's this massive wave that's right. I can feel it. It's getting pulled. Like I can feel the tide. It's getting pulling and pulling and pulling. You know what happens? The, the undertow goes. And what I'm telling you to do is get close to the shore. Because I'd like to get pulled into it. Problem is we get afraid to get pulled into it. We're afraid we're going to drown. And I'm telling you, I saw this picture of the whole church getting sucked in and some wouldn't go. They ran from the shore. They ran because they didn't want to get sucked in the undertow. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the ocean of who God is, and then he pours it back onto the earth, right? And when, when he does that, we just, come on, you have to step into it. And what happens, you resist the wave, it's going to pull you down. But just go with the wave, and it pulls you in, and it'll spit you back out. Come on. I, I can see it. It's happening. It's happening now. There's tremors everywhere of the, pour, the outpouring that God's about to burst onto the earth, and it's already happening. It's happening in our pockets everywhere. But come on, right here, right now, New England, right here, right now, allow the Holy Spirit to just come and pull you into where he's going. We've got to allow him to pull you in to where he's going. How do I do that? You break the box. You break the things that are most precious to you. There are things that people are keeping that God won't, Come on. He's saying, give me that. He won't. I promise you, he won't stiff arm you. I know. He won't. He wants you to just go like this. God, just take it. God, take whatever's inside of me that's not going to help me in this, in this place that you've taken me. Because he wants to take you higher and greater, and he wants to pull you into such greater uh, understanding, revelation, and flow. And we want to we just... same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells in you. If that's true, come on, it's true. If that's true, then we give ourselves completely to the spirit of resurrection inside of you, right? The glory of the Father that wants to pour out and move us into the next place, right? And so fragrance comes through love. Our love for him, and he pours out more love towards us. I'm telling you, it's the basking in the, the Father's love that's going to change the inside of us. Right? The flow of who he is moving in us. And so, what fragrance is coming through us today? What fragrance? I feel like Jesus is asking us, what kind of fragrance is, is, is coming? Are we emanating, Right? Are we okay? We're okay in a worship service, but what happens when you leave? What happens when you leave? Are you, are you still 
as it's still a sweet smell before the Lord? Are you still encouraged? Are you depressed? Are you still walking in life and light? Or are you, are you walking with a, come on, things overpowering you and overcoming you? You've been created as an overcomer, right? And so what do others, sm what do others smell when they're near us? <laughs> what do others smell when they're near us? See, we want to spread the fragrance of Christ, right? We want to spread the fragrance of Christ. Song of Solomon, in chapter 1 and verse 12 says, As the king surrounded me at his table, the sweet fragrance of my praise, perf my praise perfume awakened the night. What's that saying? It's saying when you're in the presence of the king, right, when you're at his table, how many want to be at his table? You're at his table. You're at his table even right now. You should be at his table. The only thing that excuses you from his, from his table is that you walk away. You're eating somewhere else. You're participating with something else. You're drinking somewhere else. Come on, and God's trying to call us into a place where the fragrance of my praise perfume awakens the night. The fragrance that you emit, that the, the diffusing of Christ inside of you begins to break the darkness around you. And it goes into the night and it awakens the night. It breaks all darkness. It doesn't cause any more, uh, you know, crazy things to come against you, but it's breaking forth. It's breaking the things that are, that are trying to hold you back, and it's moving you into breakthrough. So God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Those are yielded through our, through our yielded lives that he spreads the fragrance of Christ and the knowledge of God everywhere we go. That's 2 Corinthians 2.14. Listen. You partner with him in his endless triumph. Can I say this? God's trying to get us to be a people that pour out so that he can pour out on us so that the endless victory comes through your life. Here's what I'm trying to get at trying to get away from the bumps. We live like this. And God's trying to knock that out of our lives. He's trying to knock the highs to always be high and not low. And not break in the lows. Because some of us get into these lows and we can't get up back up to the highs and then we get distracted, we get depressed. We, there's things that happen that bog us down, but I'm telling you, he's given you victory to overcome every situation, and this shouldn't, even with your health, come on, I am, we are, something's going to happen, because I'm tired of everyone being sick, no, I'm done, I'm done, Holy Ghost, but it's like, what are you going to do? I have to participate with something. You have to participate with something. If there's going to be a breaker anointing over sickness to bring miracles, signs, and wonders, like, it's been promised. I'm not okay with just a trickle. I'm not okay with one person getting healed and the other one not. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay. And so we're, we're going to move in this thing that's going to bring us into a convergence with prayer, Fasting, seeking, 
not striving, but waiting on the Lord and allowing a, pow a power beyond us. Come on, it's coming from heaven and moving into, into this place and out and everywhere you go to somewhere, wherever you're visiting, that you're a conduit for the Holy Spirit to move and flow through, that you don't have to, come on, you don't need a celebrity with you. Endless triumph, who includes us as, as partners of his endless triumph. Through your yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Through your yielded lives. What does yielded look like? Spirit, we're asking, Father, that you just release on us right now the ability to receive. Lord, we want to smell like you. We want to move like you. We want to act like you. We want to release the fragrance of Christ in the earth. We thank you for the anointing that abides, that we don't get it from anywhere else except for you. So we are, we are to God. Ready? Here's your position. We are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. That's an open-ended word right there. We are to God. You are to God. You are to God the fragrance of Christ. That means the essence of who he is you're to God, the essence of who Christ is. Are you getting that? You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to take it. You are God's son and daughter, but you look like the image of Jesus, and you have the image of Christ, and you smell like him. Where does the fragrance come from? It comes from the anointing. It comes from the oil. It comes from the myrrh. It comes from the frankincense. It comes from all these things that bring us into a full anointing of God's presence on our lives. And God's asking for us to break the most precious thing. God, I give it to you. Some of, it, some of us is our pursuit of something. It's our pursuit of something, and it's not Jesus, because we haven't allowed the Lord to come into the situation. I'm not saying he doesn't want to drop oil on your dream. I'm saying we pursue the thing that he's been, we pursue the thing that he's been trying to get our attention from. Hello? You understand what I'm saying? Like there's certain things that take us away from the Lord. It can be good things, it can be bad things. But I'm telling you, he's trying to pull us so our face is looking towards him and I don't see anyone else in the room. 
all I see is him. All I see is one person, Jesus. I'm not distracted by the person to the left or the right of me. I'm not distracted by my wife, my children, my future girlfriend, my future wife, my future husband, my future, future, future. Who knows? Right? It's not a distraction. But the reality is, or, or my future profession, or the thing, the dream that God gave me, that becomes clouding what I see when I look at Jesus. I'm telling you, it's all over the place. And we, we, have to, we have to allow the Lord to come in and just wipe it clean. Because there's things that he wants to get at. I should say, there's things he just wants to get out of the way so he can get at us. Because we're good at shielding things. Like even ministry stuff. I can tell you right now, that you can put things in, in front of Jesus. And it may be God. It's just your focus isn't right. Are you hearing me? There's certain things, you know, the, the enemy will bring things to distract us and pull us away, but we get our eyes stuck on that thing. Or God will say, yeah, this is good, this is good, but we stick our eye on that instead of him. It's always perspective, isn't it? It's always what we're focused on. It's always the thing that we're looking at that can pull us either to him or away from him. And the Lord's asking us, focus. Come and bring the, bring the jar and smash it. Break it and pour it over me and anoint me because I'm about to do everything that I promised through one thing that I've already done. He was about to die, and he was about to be resurrected. There was about to be a, a, like a one-week period of things just about to blow up and the whole earth changing. And she's there at this point, right before Judas betrays him, and it all moves into action. So where are you? At the right place at the right time? Because that's where she was. She was positioned in the right place at the right time to anoint the Lord. And how many of us are anointing the Lord? How many of us are anointing Jesus? No, no, God, I want your anointing. I want an anointing. But he's saying, wow, will you, will you, will you wash my feet? Will you stand before me? Will you pour out on my head? Will you allow the, the, the thing that's most precious to you to be poured over my head? Because once it touched the mind of Jesus, it all changes.
guess tonight, tonight all I was like, I don't want you to get introspective. I want you to stand with me. We'll wake up a little. I don't want to be introspective. I do want you to take an account, right, of where you're at with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit wants to pull us into this, like, wave of revival. But he's got to fix our eyes and he's got to fix our minds to be fixed on him. Really nothing else. Doesn't mean you don't do your job. Doesn't mean you don't pursue your dreams. It means this, though. You look at the Lord. And I'm telling you, all wisdom comes from him. And he's got the, when we look to him, all of a sudden the things that we've been asking for, the thing we're looking for, stop asking. Just look for him. We don't even have to ask. Honestly, I don't even pray with like prayers that I ask for stuff. Well, every now and then. The watch I asked for, and then he, I said, I don't need it. And then he gave it to me anyway. It's a prophetic token. It's a prophetic sign that we'll get into another time. But the Spirit of God is wanting us to just focus on the one thing. Because when you all of a sudden decide, I know where I'm supposed to go, that way. It's one way to Him. It's one way. It's just one way. So we're just taking account. Father, we thank You. I thank You tonight. Lord, as we pour out our, our anointing oil, we, as we pour out what we have before you, and I want you to just be honest with the Lord, and I want you to be transparent with the Lord, and I don't want you to think about anyone else in this place. I'm not even going to look. I want you to just pour yourself out before the Lord. And here's the other thing. You know, this front is never like, I don't know, I feel like it has an off-limit sign. It's like, it should be always open. Right? Like if, if we, we need to run forward and pray, if we need to worship and dance up here, if we need to do whatever we need to do before the Lord, and it shouldn't be worried about anyone else. Because I'll tell you right now, I'll, I will chase every religious spirit out of here that gets aggravated with saying, that's too much. It's never enough. As far as I'm concerned, it's never enough. And so I want you to pour yourself out. And it doesn't mean like we have to grovel before God. That's not what I'm saying. If you're getting that, that's wrong. What I'm saying is we have to ask the Lord, what does it look like when I pour my life out before you? My heart completely given to you. What, is, what do I look like? And I don't care what I look like in front of anyone else. Because I'm completely free. And I'm declaring that over this place tonight. Free. You're completely free. Like the aisles. One day you'll come in here and there'll be no chairs. That's what's going to happen. Oh, I promise you. We'll be able to fit about 100 people in here. Or 120. And we can get rid of the chairs, right? We can just stand and worship and do whatever. But I'm serious. 
It's like I wish sometimes we could just get rid of the rose and just let it be all raw because sometimes the, the little, we got, we got our space. I got my space. Right? Not when you're in the front. All right. Holy Spirit, I thank you tonight. I thank you for such liberty. I thank you for such grace. I thank you, God, you're going to teach the whole church. Lord, I declare, not just this place everywhere, Father, everywhere we go, every place that we, we cross-pollinate with, Father, that there'll be freedom and there'll be liberty and there'll be an ability to worship you with just abandonment, God, and nothing would hold us back from what you're about to do and about to pour out. Lord, we give ourselves to the undertow right now. We give ourselves to the back pole for the, for, the, for the riptide that's about to pull us into the ocean of your love, of your presence, of your goodness. Lord, we give ourselves over to it so that nothing, nothing, nothing can hinder the move, God, that you're about to pour on these days. And we thank you. We prophesy to the four winds that, Lord, you just come and you do what you want to do in everyone in this place. And we honor and love you. And we bless you. And we thank you.